this is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to sessions from the media rumble 2018 this is going to be really tough to do because it's a media trial panel and i'm the only member of the media over here and all the panelists over here they have uh, obviously suffered at the hands of media trial and and so we're going to hear their stories their side of it and it's going to be really tough for me because well while I, i just want to say i'm from ndtv <laughs> right at the beginning i'm from ndtv we are the good guys okay anyway <laughs> okay so before i get to our panelists and and all of them have fascinating stories to tell and most of them um apart from of course tanveer i haven't really interviewed in uh, on my shows either but before we start i just want to you know because during the course of this discussion we're going to talk about how media trial and when you say media trial by itself it's very very negative right but i just want to point out two instances to you just to start off with where things it was a media trial but we had a different kind of positive ending uh, i want to point your attention to the ruchika girotra case just to remind everyone the ruchika girotra case was the case of uh, the sexual harassment by a senior ips officer in uh, punjab and haryana leading this young woman to commit suicide when that case happened at that time the media got really involved and i remember that we, because i used to cover well i still cover cbi i got involved because the case he was let off and there was a huge outrage about it that this young girl committed suicide because of the harassment of a powerful ips officer how could it be so the media refused to listen to that case of him getting off and what they did was they did a campaign they did a media trial they just dug that stuff up kept kept you know kept at it did a bit of a media trial at the end of it um he was punished that was one media trial that happened of course uh, the irony is even though he was punished he didn't go to jail because he was too old or he went for a short time or whatever but that was one media trial which had a bit of a positive ending the other media trial was of course i don't know how many of you would remember uh, the priyadarshini mattu case even that as well uh, a lower court you know let the perpetrator her stalker her murderer off and the media again was outraged uh, and this was you know during my career so i remember covering it as well the media was outraged again they did an impossible campaign uh, just kept at it kept at it i think they would have obviously i mean it shouldn't be but they would have influenced judiciary as well and again we saw from him being let off to a completely different turn out of the verdict as well, well. I, sorry uh, i would just like to add something here which you will find interesting is that uh, in priyadarshini mattu murder case uh, the only uh, person who testified from delhi university from her batch for her as a prosecution witness is me wow so i mean it's perfect really these two instances so tanveer of course uh, we know him and he's here in the panel because he was the lawyer for the talwars that's another media trial case so i just wanted to give you these two instances of where media trials if conducted even though by its own premise it's supposed to be wrong where it can have a positive in- outcome but in these cases of tanveer the arushis uh in bina ramani's case as well it's an interesting case because in bina ramani's case while jessica lal's murderer because of a media trial did go to jail and is still in jail and because of a media trial perhaps unfairly now this is a bit controversial because of a media campaign maybe he is not even getting parole but an outcome of that media trial is also that bina ramani who was a witness had to go to jail we also have umar khalid who was another victim of a media trial jnu we all know what happened there so umar khalid and his classmate from jnu kanhaiya went to jail for sedition and we nothing has happened to that case as well so that's another story and then we have dr kafil khan who is of course 
the victim of a different kind of media trial because the media dared portray him in the Gorakhpur tragedy as a hero. The administration got so upset about it that they sent him to jail. So imagine, we've got all different shades of the story over here. So Dr. Khan, I think I'll just start with you because that's the most, one of the most recent, of course, uh, Umar's is also very, very recent. Dr. Khan, at the end of it, I know when I was looking out for all the stories that were coming out, I saw that the only media outlet which perhaps um, wrote a negative story about you, because everybody else at that time, and we the media, when a tragedy happens, a lot of us want to look out for the heroes as well. It's natural. You know, who are the people who have saved the children? Is there any silver lining to such a horrific story of infants dying? And in that particular case of the Gorakhpur tragedy last year, you were a hero. But there were, of course, some news outlets who decided to portray you differently. Do you want to tell us from your perspective how that unfolded? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, there are so many people are standing, so I better stand up. So how many people standing here know who is Dr. Kafil? Those uh, who, OK, uh, I'm from BRD, and I'm a vice principal. And I am a head of the department. I am a superintendent of BRD Medical College. No, not at all. Let's start with that 10th of August 2017 when I got that WhatsApp message that there was no liquid oxygen and those oxygen cylinder reserve, jumbo oxygen cylinders also drained up and children are dying every hour. I rushed up that night. I called my seniors. I called my principal, I called my HOD, I called all my colleagues. Nobody, nobody didn't, didn't turn up. And next 48 hours, we with the junior doctors and sisters, we worked hard. We arranged around 500 cylinders to nearby hospitals or to the vendors. 48 hours, but still we couldn't save 45 kids. Those 45 lives are not going to come back. Don't think I'm the only hero in that incident. There were 16 more doctors, junior doctors were working with me. There were more sisters and ward boys and sweepers were working with me. And you should also know the story about those parents who have lost their kids. And those kids are not coming back. So let's come to the media. The media, when they, they first two days, on 11th and 12th, they portrayed me as a god, Farishta, Bhagwan, because they saw me working there. And I don't know why they picked me only, because maybe I was a senior there, in the in those junior most. And I reached in the night, maybe that's why, but whatever it is, that when next day, Yogi Adityanath Ji came, and when he said that, Oi, कौन है डॉक्टर कफील? तू डॉक्टर कफील है? तूने सिलेंडर अरेंज किया था? I was like, yes sir. तो तू सोचता है तू सिलेंडर अरेंज करके हीरो बन जाएगा? तुझे देखता हूँ. That was four sentences has changed my life like anything. Enough. That that that's all four sentences. And it's not that he told this sentence in front of is alone. Even J.P. Nadda था है. Union Health Minister was there. Shupata Shukla, union minister was there, all the MPs, DM and media, all my senior staff was there. The moment he said and he left, I remember it's around 11 o'clock on 13th of August, the whole media, the social media, started with social media platform, they started spreading smear campaign against me. Those rumor mongers, fact distorters, haters, they started writing no, no, Dr. Kafil, vice principal of BRD Middle College. And the sad part was the mainstream media also pick up the story from the social media platform. Nobody, not even one journalist went to, to the ground level, ki, who is Dr. Kafil? I joined only on 8th of August 2016. That was just one year back this incident happened. So I was just one year old to that hospital. Uh, they, they say I was just, you know, stepping on one first ladder to that career. And they made me vice principal. To become a vice principal, you have to be 40 year old. I was not that old. 
यू नीड टू हैव ट्वेंटी ईयर्स ऑफ एक्सपीरियंस बाल रोग के विभागा अध्यक्ष डॉक्टर कफील अहमद खान बाल रोग के विभागा अध्यक्ष को कुछ हुआ ही नहीं अभी भी वो विभागा अध्यक्ष हैं उनको कोई पूछने भी नहीं गया वो हम लोग छह डॉक्टर्स थे पीडीआरडी डिपार्टमेंट में किसी का कुछ नहीं हुआ हेड ऑफ द डिपार्टमेंट फॉर हेड ऑफ द डिपार्टमेंट यू हैव टू बी प्रोफेसर फॉर दैट यू नीड टू बी हैव फिफ्टीन ट्वेंटी ईयर्स ऑफ एक्सपीरियंस सुप्रिंटेंडेंट ऑफ बी मेडिकल कॉलेज ने ऑक्सीजन की चोरी की सिलेंडर चुरा के ले जाते थे एंड इवन आई रिमेंबर दैट व्हाट इज नेम फ्रॉम टाइम्स नाउ टू रिपब्लिक राजदीप सर देसाई सबने मीडिया बैशिंग वुड है This is times now. Vice principal of BRD Medical College stealing cylinders. This is the big story headlines. See, the whole story was liquid oxygen got drained. Liquid oxygen, the BRD is supplied by liquid oxygen, and that is two feet, two hundred feet tall tank, and the oxygen supplied through pipelines. Nobody can steal oxygen through pipelines, and I am not a superman to hold that two hundred feet. Uh, 1000 liters of uh, oxygen on my back and go to my hospital and come back dr kafeer so that's the story they were talking so uh, I, i just wanted to ask you i know so many people are standing so this is the the real journalism they say the fourth pillar of democracy i think under this regime or whatever the cause is 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 breathing their last breath and maybe this platform the uh, the media rumble perform i i i'm really happy to see so many uh, people coming out and speaking the truth and so many interns first year second year third year journalists those who are going to be next generation journalists they are here to learn that they should not compromise learn one thing in life that you have to speak a truth after seven month of silence i i didn't speak i regret that if i would have spoken when these things were happening i would not have spent 9 months in jail but now uh, when i was in jail i realized that i should speak the truth and i should know the people what happened that night those 45 kids are not going not coming back those 45 parents should get justice it's not about dr kafil some parents they got their kid after 13 years of infertility treatment some parents they got to tirupati for the prayer some parents they got one son after four daughters some there was one son a uh, uh, daughter uh, in four uh, dot, uh, girls so this was the tragedy and i'll tell you media portrayed is all encephalitis how many deaths were encephalitis only three that night Tenth night, twenty-three kids died. Only three were encephalitis. Fourteen were newborn. Nobody went and found out. Fourteen were newborn. They born on the same day or one day before. Doctor Kafir, they died. You know, the more you speak, the more ashamed I feel. Of, yeah, you of should be. You should be. I just, I just want to. Even, tell even, even after one year, I'll tell you. Even after one year. they th- say that is all death of because of encephalitis no new one babies died i know they they don't know why they died because government didn't pay 60 lakh rupees 60 people 60 kids died and what did you do you i if you remember after 13th of august no not even one tv channel was talking about why those kids died why this incident happened why the liquid oxygen drained they were talking about only dr kafil dr kafil dr kafil dr kafil that's all i just want to say yeah. everyone uh, sorry <laughs> yeah first of all thank you for sharing that really moving story and i just i just want to tell you that there were a lot of people who were wanted to hear your side of the story and we you're right we needed to hear it 
we wanted to hear from you, but you weren't speaking at that time, and it's great to hear your version. Um, Umar, your story is perhaps as horrendous, because, and what, was, what is amazing about that right now, but, you know, for example, Dr. Kafil was there in BRD. I have no explanation for why some, some members of the media might have carried those fake stories, but I know that in your particular case, it was, it seemed, we saw how it happened. We saw that even till now, there's no proper charge sheet. There's no video which shows Tukre Tukre gang. And yet, we have union ministers actually refer to people as Tukre Tukre gang. So you see, I just, before I hand over to you, I just want to explain to the audience, what do you do when a union minister in an interview to you, and you keep saying to them, but sir, there is no, there is no, we, we didn't hear anyone saying tukre tukre. And they'll say to you, you're lying. And you point to them, there's no charge sheet. And they say that there is still investigation going on. So I'm saying it is perpetuation of a myth by the highest members of the government. I just want to point that to you. So Umar, this is what you faced. And of course, you, like Dr. Kafil, were then in jail for that. You must hate the media, right? Like him. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for the news laundry that they called me and gave me a chance to come back to you. Good evening to everyone. Good evening to Sunetra and fellow panelists. Salute to Kafil Khan for the remarkable struggle he's put up and the suffering that he went through. I think JNU makes a lot of news. But what happens in places like Gorakhpur, what happens in places like Bastar, I see journalists from Bastar who have been hounded. That doesn't make news. So, my salute to all of those people. I just want to differ with you slightly. You said in the beginning that uh, a victim of a media trial, actually, I feel like a gangster because of the way media is portrayed. <laughs> because... Uh, Some sections, again. Yeah. I will keep let saying me, that. Some uh, sections. So let me give a disclaimer in the beginning itself. When I say media, there are honorable exceptions. Uh, <laughs> so when I say a gangster, when we were in the 90s, we heard that Daoud Ibrahim is a gang, Chota Rajan is a gang. Now they are filming in web series. I feel like a gangster as a very leading member of that Tukde Tukde gang. So, <laughs> that is the feeling that I have. If I look at the media and television media, uh, how I've sort of dealt with it. I remember a decade ago, as a very young graduation student in Delhi University, I was quite angry with certain things that were being reported in the media in a certain way. So, I would want to make that clear that uh, the problem in the media is not uh, post 2014. It's certainly gotten worse, but the problem is a longer problem. And I was talking to a friend, a senior of mine, and I was saying that 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 I was saying I was saying that I was that uh, till one day I made an incredibly stupid decision of landing at a news uh, studio for a debate, thinking that there is going to be a debate. Uh, and uh, it was after that, uh, post-February 2016, that I actually started following television news uh, very closely. Not once again because I was interested in television news, but for, uh, for a change, television news was interested in me. So I wanted to know what's coming next. Uh, I mean, in the last couple of years, there have been uh, two FIRs on me. And in both the instances, FIRs have been filed later. The accusation, I mean, FIR has been filed two days later. The accusation has started uh, on television. So I remember if I, I mean, all of you have seen that, uh, not taking names, you all know. Uh, on 10th February uh, 2016, a news anchor asked me, so what is section 124A? There was no, there was no FIR back then. It is as if the script was set in the TV studios and police action followed later. So since then I've been following uh, news and, and to know what's happening. Similarly with Bhima Koregaon, Umar Khalid gave insightful speech. What was that insightful speech? Did anyone care to know? I mean, my supervisor tells me that in India, uh, there is nothing called a corrigendum. So the first news that goes is what sustains and that's what they've been doing. So the question actually is, uh, which is what you posed in the beginning and which is what is the topic of the debate. That is it journalistic to arrive at conclusions while investigating a story? And I would say yes it is. Uh, because I'm a strong believer in taking sides. Uh, and 
journalism to me is about questioning power. And when you're questioning power, there cannot be neutrality. You will be on one side or the other. And I, as you rightly pointed out, there's so many instances where journalists have done a remarkable job. And they've actually uh, ensured justice in several cases. They've actually ensured people in power are made accountable to the people. That's what journalism is about. But there is to be some objectivity about it. I mean, just five days earlier, uh, Rajushri, who's coordinating for this program, sent a mail to, I think, all of us saying do's and don'ts uh, in this program. And I wrote back to her. I immediately replied to her. I said that, please send a copy to the big media of this country as well. Which was very simple things, that you cannot make unsubstantiated allegations. You cannot say, uh, without quoting sources, if you're making a big statement, you have to quote sources. You cannot say anything defamatory. Since there will be a large audience, uh, you have to have those repercussions in mind. I think those are basic things. If the media follows that, then I think it's good if the media pushes the line. If the media pushes people in power. Uh, but if the media starts talking about, say, starts hounding students, one day starts saying that activist Sudha Bhardavaj working in Chhattisgarh has been named as by Maoist as one of those interlocutors, as one of those links. And when Sudha Bhardavaj takes a particular channel to task, the channel goes silent about it. That is not pushing uh, the line. That is fake news. I mean, Umar Khalid has gone to Pakistan twice. I am actually wanting to know when have I gone to Pakistan twice. I mean, that is not pushing the line. That's simply fake news. I mean, we saw even in Kasganj, I mean, this January, the way there was a right-like situation and the way several channels reported that. It was like the lynch mob is not there out on the streets. There's a lynch mob in the TV studios as well. And that's extremely dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. And I think uh, that's something we ought to be really concerned about. Fake news is not limited to WhatsApp forwards. Fake news is being spread on television and from television. I remember saying something after the murder of someone apart from someone I politically associated with, but also someone who was very close to me, Gauri Lankesh. And I said that if something were to happen to me tomorrow, and I'm saying this here again in front of all of you, do not just hold the person who's carried out the hit job responsible for it. Also hold the people who are making the lives of so many people vulnerable uh, by doing what they do. Today, I don't move around in the city uh, alone. And that's what they're doing to many people. For example, Tukde Tukde Gang is an ever-expanding gang. Jignesh Mewani is a member of Tukle Tukle Gang. No one knew him when JNU happened. Prakash Raj is a member of Tukle Tukle Gang. He started speaking out much later. Today, I might become part of that, right? By being in this panel with you. <laughs> well, at least you're not living off the Tukda stone by the government. So, I mean, it's the irony that people who are funded by MPs uh, uh, of the ruling party, they claim to be the biggest independent channel of this country. So, the last point I would want to make, I mean, Actually, that guy is the Tukle Tukle gang. He's the leader of Tukle Tukle gang because he's actually living off the Tukle stone by the government. And that's not what journalism is about. <laughs> Only one last point I would want to say that uh, media trials, yes, uh, a section of the media is doing those trials. It's very thin line between media and propaganda. Uh, I don't think uh, it's right even to call them proper journalists. It's just propaganda. Uh, but there's also another section of the media, and that's what I would want to come to. That is on trial. And uh, I mean, people in power have never been comfortable with actually independent journalists, people who pose questions. And today you see the way a section of the media is being hounded. Uh, the good guys, NDTV, we saw how they're going after that. We saw defamation cases. We saw Gauri Lankesh and so many other journalists murdered. So I think both these things uh, we need to take into consideration when we are discussing media that there is an attempt to control narratives, there is an attempt to set certain narratives, there is an attempt to ensure that certain discourses are not there. And every night, I mean, earlier, before 2014, this is one thing that has changed, before 2014, if you had a TV debate, you would have four different people every night. I mean, as per the topic of the debate, people would be called accordingly. Experts would be called. Now I'm seeing the same set of people every night irrespective of the topic. So it's like it's a predetermined debate. Everyone knows what That's they're going to That's been a problem with TV for a long time, though. <laughs> Same talking head. The last point, uh, when media gets weak, democracy gets weak. So more than me being a victim of what the media has been doing, I think democracy is a victim. And that's all something we need to be concerned about. Thank you, Omar. You know, you remind me of what I, as part of NDTV, keep wondering that if it's so obvious to so many of us, and if people who are watching, if anyone who is, who knows anything, who's reasonably or moderately educated, they know what some of those channels put out is false. And yet, how come they are the ones who have a lot of TRP? So I think a lot of the 
responsibility is with the consumers of news, right? All of us. If you don't want people to put up uh, and give you fake propaganda, just stop watching them and following them and they'll stop as well. I think that, I that's... Think, just one small point. I think uh, the role of the media uh, also is to question, should be to question deeply ingrained prejudices. Uh, now, if you start catering to those prejudices, I yeah. mean, then it's a problem. And that's why the consumer base also comes from. Uh, so that's, there is a very conscious attempt. I mean, you see the amount of, uh, the other day I had gone to a shop and it, it was very heartening to listen to a conversation at a pan shop where a person was talking about that 19 Hindu Muslim TV debate. And the topics that they also pick up is, I mean, actually I'm not really concerned about English media doing all of these things because the uh, viewership is limited. It's the Hindi media, uh, when they start doing that kind of journalism, uh, that becomes really vicious. Omar, you should, you should stop watching so much TV as well. <laughs> I watch TV just I to know. I watch only us, yeah. Okay, um, you know, Bina Ramani, your case, Jessica Lal is like the Priyadarshini Mattu case as well. Manu Sharma was discharged. And again, it's again another instance of the entire thing of how a case where somebody, high court has given, you know, a court gives, discharges him, acquits him, and then to ask for a reinvestigation legally, that means you would agree with me, right? Seemed like an impossibility. When NDTV started... The High Court did started, not release him. It was not the High Court. It was always the... The lower court. court. The yeah. yes. But I'm saying that asking for a reinvestigation after a trial is over... Yes is almost, as a crime unheard reporter, of. so it it's, was unheard of. It was a frenzy in and, the nation. And, and the audacity of TV to say, I don't care what the rules are. See, a, a lot of the thing about the ignorance of TV reporters sometimes come is a good thing because they, they're not bound by what's the law sometimes. They're like, you know, you know what I mean? They, they, don't, they don't care about the fact that you can't have a reinvestigation at the high court stage. They say it doesn't matter. We will force it. So they went after it. But Bina Ramani, in your case, when they really went after Manu Sharma, the police, obviously, in their attempt to get the right people, also then became over-enthusiastic. And the media trial led to you. Trial by media is what the subject is here. The nation woke up so much later. We were already persecuted and tried by the media at the time when this happened, almost 20 years ago, when investigative journalism, when breaking news was a new word. A breaking news and sensational news really started with the Jessica Lal case. We were the victims of it, unfortunately. And um, I think the media was shocked to see the appetite of Indians thriving on sensational news. So they pumped it every day and night. In the newspapers headlines every day and on all the news channels, every regional channel, everywhere. We went, my family and I, in the car from home to court, which we were hauled every single day. And, the, and on cars on either side, they would point at us from both sides like we were from a zoo running away or something like that. That's what we had become. Even though at the end, I just want to tell those of you who don't know the intricacies of the case, Bina Ramani was one of the few witnesses in the Jessica Lal case who did not turn hostile. So yes, but the main I thing is, to, yeah. what happens when a crime first happens? No two crimes are alike. So I quickly, I don't know how many of you here, that you're so, such a young generation here, I see, um, are aware of the Jessica Lal case, or you may know a little bit and not the real if you're not a real follower, the, the real news that got covered up within the first few hours never came out till seven, eight years when the case went to high court. When, the Jessica, when Jessica Lal got shot in our restaurant and there were just a few people left, a party was coming to an end. I happened to see as I entered where in the restaurant, I was in the courtyard. I, just, I heard a shot, I saw her fall, I went straight toward Manu Sharma, he was with a few friends, they ran. I caught hold of him. I asked him, where's the gun? The gun had dropped and he said, I don't have a gun. I said, I saw you pick it, put it in your pocket, whatever. This, these were the first few moments instantly after she dropped. She had not yet died. And, um, 
And I was yelling at everybody, everyone call the police, call the doctor, call the ambulance, hurry up, whatever. And the instructions were going on. Anybody with mobile phone quickly, because 20 years ago, not many people had the mobile phones then. Anyhow, within about two minutes of my holding him there, not by hand, but just dodging him from, it's like I entered here and he was trying to leave from him and I would not let him go out till he answered my question, which he wouldn't. Then I chased after him to the gate and came running back. We picked up Jessica Lal in a white tablecloth. This is important for you all to know. And we, for the first standing car, we rushed, got into someone's car, rushed her to the hospital, my two waiters and I and the driver. And about 12 minutes away was the hospital, Ashlok Hospital. We called the doctor on the phone and asked him, please wait outside the stretcher. We are bringing, she's breathing, etc. There was a little bit of blood on the sheet that we carried her in and the sheet of the, my assistant who was she was carrying her head. And as soon as we got to the hospital, the doctor rushed her into ICU. That sheet we made a point of taking back because we had called the police who had not yet come and I knew it, I'd have to show it there. And Jitin, the young man who carried her, we, no, we waited there for the, the local police to come. No one came. We got a call from my place saying the police has arrived there, so we rushed back there. Gave the full story to those policemen, showed them exactly what happened, took them to the hospital, the two or three witnesses that saw it happen, along with me, gave our FIR. It was barely an hour and a half since the incident happened. That story got buried within less than 24 hours. It was now about 2 a.m. We rushed her to a bigger hospital. This hospital couldn't handle her. And she died there at Apollo Hospital at 6 a.m. By 5 p.m. the same day was her cremation. And word had got around. A lot of young people were there. Nobody knew who that boy was. I only made a memory of his face. I, I swore I would never forget and I would relive this incident anytime, anytime it came up anywhere. While we were there, word had already got around. This is a boy of a very rich politician and a businessman and you better watch out. This case is not going anywhere. You are all going to be in trouble. We heard that within hours of her death. And of course, we were... You think we didn't want to believe it. We, told, we were told that at 5 p.m. that I know, same day. But do you think that you went to jail just because of a media trial? No, it was the police and the media together. The police were feeding the media. There's no question there was a lot of wealth involved. An enormous amount of wealth. There was a lot of paid news. And a lot of the headlines were following the others. Uh, just pumping it out, making it worse, a little bit more spice added here and there. But uh, it was when the high court decided to do the trial. Yeah. Is when the father, Vinod Sharma. Yeah. The Haryana politician. Yeah. He decided to pump in all the money he could to save his son. He could not believe how a rich, powerful man's son could ever be tried for. He had, been, he had escaped all the different magistrates' courts. It had been moving from court to court. And you could yes. see that all the magistrates had been paid off. And he was going free every time. And not once was my testimony ever, ever brought up. It was buried deep. All the other witnesses turned turtle. Each and every one of them got paid off. One or two even died. One of them was our employee who died. Never heard from. And uh, then I was the last witness left. When, the, when it was going to high court, and the high court was not going to be bought out so easily as the other courts, that's when father went to the media and said, pay you any amount. They appointed a special chief of police. Um, um, there was another one appointed, Amaud Khan. Yeah. They set him aside, sent him to what is considered what is it, Siberia in India, the Arunachal or somewhere. He became a lowly policeman there. And they put their own man from Chandigarh, who then became my biggest enemy. And he just decided he's going to get me in jail. He's going to muddy my reputation. If it's going to be my testimony, I have to get a bad, bad reputation uh, before I go on the stand. And, well, and thereafter, that's when uh, they were set on sending me to jail and muddy up my reputation. Well, and it happened. that's true. In, Until in I didn't go to jail, the world, the sensational, loving world, really treated me somehow related to the murder. I don't know what they had thought, but they loved the negative news. And I, that, I had to live through that. And it was not easy, not for any of us. Okay, so from one difficult murder to another difficult murder, which is the Arushi case. And, you know, I think yours... When we talk about Similar media situation. trial, yeah, the Arushi case. If we talk about media trial, then we 
there are two ways that people see it. There are two sets of the media. One set will say that there is a section of the media which loved the Talwar so much, their media trial was to make sure that they were acquitted. Right? And I think many people, because NDTV did an interview with Mrs. Talwar, they accused NDTV of being that lot which believed that the Talwars couldn't do it, and they thought the media campaign on, the, on NDTV's side was to get them acquitted. And there was the other lot which went by the other side that you know they kept getting out salacious details of what was happening, which were unsubstantiated. And of course, in all of this, the media, of course, doesn't imagine all of this up. In all of this, it's the police which keeps leaking information, whether it's in Omar Khalid's case. Police is the most dangerous. Bina Ramani's case. Yeah, of course. It's the police which keeps giving out information which they follow it. We, in the end, however, do you think that when they went to high court, both the courts, how much of that verdict in both the courts was influenced by the media coverage? Uh, good evening to everybody. Uh, uh, as uh, Sunetra said, I uh, defended uh, Dr. Rajesh and uh, Dr. Nupur Talwar in their trial at Ghaziabad Special Court. And uh, uh, about, uh, I'll just tell you some little tidbits about uh, out of uh, 140 witnesses uh, cited in, by the CBI in their charge sheet, they got only 39 to testify. And about, uh, I think about 20 to 25 witnesses whose statements perhaps, uh, I'm sure, were in our favor, they dropped. But that's the choice of the prosecutor. and. Uh, we had a double murder conviction against us on 25th November 2013. I think uh, it took me about 20 days to draw an appeal against that verdict. The appeal went into about 3,000 pages of total documents. Uh, I was fortunate, I'll tell you something which is uh, very special about court processes as well. UP is a place where uh, in, uh, say, an appeal which uh, is being heard in 2018 was actually lodged in 1987. So uh, the delay uh, for a criminal appeal to come up in Allahabad High Court is good 36 years. So uh, to that extent, uh, we were fortunate that against an appeal uh, which I lodged in 2014, I was able to persuade uh, a division bench, a murder appeal always goes to two senior judges of a high court, that either you bail my clients out or you hear my appeal. So it was uh, almost a, a gunpoint kind of an argument. They could have rejected, but they finally said, fine, uh, Let's hear you out. And when it started on 22nd September 2016, it went rollicking up to 17th January 2017. So personally, I was in Allahabad arguing the appeal for about four months since the winter holidays, along with my other colleagues as well. But coming back to the question of you know how the media played with a particular case which they picked up or somehow, you know, it invigorated the senses of the general public at large. I still feel that 50% believe that my clients did the murder. Some people think that, no, no, they are innocent. But ultimately, uh, the law of the land is that you have to go by the spirit of law. And spirit of law is that you are presumed innocent till pronounced guilty by a court of competent jurisdiction. And it is up to the state to prosecute somebody for commission of a criminal offense. Now, Arushi Talwar Hemraj double murders was a deadly cocktail of uh, salacious conduct, sleaze, sex, murder, cops, lawyers, all bundled into one situation. You know, but if you go to England, there are two kinds of medias there. 
one is mainstream, one is tabloid. So I always felt that my case was like tabloid gold in India. And why was that? I had a, a personal experience which I would like to share because I think today it's a round of personal experiences besides being the, the lead defense lawyer. Sometime uh, in uh, September 2013, I think the media intrigue and general public intrigue were in this double murder. And let me tell you, this is like top 10 Google case of the world. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> but nevertheless... Even though it's been 10 years now, yeah. right? So, uh, I had uh, a lot of these camera crews after every day's trial coming up to my office in Defense Colony. So one day this gentleman walks in and says, uh, uh, Mr. Meer, I, can I have a cup of coffee with you? I said, please sit down. Uh, well, he said that, you know, I have uh, a sp uh, soup. I said, look, what do you want to know? I can tell you. My colleague will tell you what will have, what happened in the court in the day. He said, no, sir, I have a special offer for you. Well, I said, special offer for me? I said, a bit surprised. Why don't you take a seat? Well, order him two coffees. <laughs> So he uh, then said that, uh, uh, what would you charge for arguing a matter out of Delhi? I said, X amount of money. He said, I give three times. He took out money and put it on my table. I said, what is this? He said, sir, you know, I am a person belonging to this in industry and I also work and I have my uh, ways of working. So I want an interview. I said, well, go ahead, no problem, lawyers always like interviews. He said, I don't want your interview, I want your client's interview. So I said, why do you want my client's interview? Because I put him under a gag order that you're not going to talk to none till the trial is over. He said, sir, that's why, and uh, a very lucrative offer, went about almost five lakhs. So he said, sir, uh, I have a straightaway offer. Uh, you frame the questions, you frame the answers. I only want your client's interview. I said, well, what the hell is this? Let's, you know, have some cookies. So I said, yeah, you, you, before I pick up this money, you need to tell me some more details. He said, look, it's very elementary. We sell advertisements and that's how the game works. And uh, on an everyday prime time, you know, I'll make around 50, 60,000 for a 10 second slotted. You'd be knowing much about it. So uh, I said then, how much will Talwar fetch? Well, he said, Talwar will fetch me five lakhs for that as against normally selling an underwear or something of that sort. Well, that was a shock because uh, that's where the interest came in. You know, uh, uh, my clients, unfortunately, you know, from I've always seen them, I've seen their cases, fought the trial, you know, after four months of a deba debate and argument in Allahabad, you know, finally, uh, when I had this uh, verdict of exoneration, the verdict, you know, a lot of people still believe that Talwars have been given a benefit of doubt. Let me clear it, there's no benefit of doubt. Talwars have been honorably exonerated, held innocent. The CBI has been indicted for tampering with case properties, coercing intimidating witnesses to change their statements. And along with that, the trial judge perhaps has got the most horrendous strictures against him. Trial judge was termed by these two senior judges as some kind of a film director. He already had a plot in his mind. And while he's writing the judgment, he sought to justify that. Although, you know, this may go up to Supreme Court to some level. Coming back to media is that the Talwar case became a sellable commodity for the media. And since it had a covenant and a content of sex, sleaze, 13 year old, you know, a 13 year old is dead, correct? So is the domestic help. They're not alive to defend themselves. But for the media, it was a sellable story. It was tabloid gold. So you hit it and hit it to the highest, that this is how it, so a lot of programs, you know, these caricatures, half an hour, 45 minutes, were all selling, mostly in 2013 when the trial was going on. Every day, 
I wouldn't see them because hardly we had time. But my wife would always give me a message that today also there is a 30-minute program and suddenly there will be a cartoon. And cartoon would have a head of Dr. Rajesh Talwar and madly with a golf club he's moving inside his apartment. So all of them, all of that was so horrendous. But it does show, you know, a particular side of how an unregulated media can almost lynch you out of your existence. You don't need lynch mobs on the road. You know, and uh, I must say two things, you know, legally, uh, we always say that, yes, the, the, the press is the fourth estate. No, 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 we lawyers are their stronger supporters. We fight for them in the courts. The Supreme Court says that freedom of press for the, uh, for the press or expression for everybody, you see, is the arc of covenant of democracy. It's the life of democracy. But what you have to realize is that once you have this power in your hand, Along with that comes a strong sense of responsibility to respect an individual, to respect his rights, to respect his privacy. And if you take up a particular case and start whipping passions, you take a particular side, bereft of evidence, you don't want to look at evidence at all, you don't want to wait for a court verdict, then automatically and as a consequence, you will be going on a particular track my personal problem is that this entire trial by media today, specifically if it's Omar, anybody else, Talwars, or you can take any case, it's purely driven by economic considerations. That's my experience out of it. That there is so much of an economic, you see, today when you see news, I have not been earlier, I used to, you know, we get invited to a lot of channels. I'm the Mr. Meer Gurdai. But most of them, they'll tell me that, sir, what stand will you take? Well, I said, by, by the hell do you want to know what stand I will take? So you are, you know, building your program in a particular manner. Okay, the stand question is always that we want, media channels would want all points of view represented. It was, it's not always a bad thing. No, sometimes they'll also say that, sir, we want, you know, you to defend or you want somebody, you know, we want you to hit somebody, so I stop going. Yeah. But the problem is, the news is low nogger news. You know, it's all about cacophony. It's all about, it's all about taking sides. Yeah, so I, 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 just before I give the floor to the audience to ask questions, I just want to point out that saying that there is a really fine line uh, between sustained coverage where you want to give people and make sure that you're dogged about a particular news story and you keep following it and also then not sensationalizing it. So there's a fine line which we have to keep here. Is there, are there any questions for um, the panelists over here? Yeah. Good evening. My question is panelists. currently Hindi जो भी विक्टिम होते हैं वो वायलेंटली अपने साथ जो एक्ट हुआ होता है उस उसका बदला लेते हैं यानी मार देते हैं दूसरे व्यक्ति को और आप लोग सभी मीडिया ट्रायल्स में विक्टिम हैं क्या कभी ये ख्याल आता है या आता है तो आप इससे कैसे टैकल करते हैं किसी को मारने का तो ख्याल नहीं आता है बस ये है कि आई वुड अपील ऑल दोस पीपल सिटिंग uh, you, if you really don't want to ashamed of what he did, those 45 kids, those who have died, already dead. But those parents are still, they have not got justice. So it's not uh, late. Start writing. Start talking about them. Start raising their plight. Start raising their voice. Maybe they'll get some compensation. Maybe they'll get... Uh, some few words of sympathy and maybe the real culprits who are real responsible I mean the DGME principal secretary or health minister they should be behind the bar and they should be you know penalized what they did so I think I'm not saying you ask for uh, to for this uh, trial media trial for them but at least you can raise those 45 parents plight 
what happened to those 48 hours and now after one year 10th August is coming please bring the real pictures to the public still people think that you know I am a murderer I am a infamous Dr. Kafil thank you uh, hello uh, I'm a first year history student in Miranda house two questions uh, first of all lately in since 1992 essentially there has been a religious outcry but a caste silence in the country that has been happening so uh, in your case Umar do you think that because you are loud Ambedkarites and you are Muslim you were targeted more and also do you think that uh, because uh, the culture of investigative journalism has ended in the news media and rather a system of anchorage has started and people are not going to the fields is uh, the reason that uh, trials by media are happening Thank you for this question and rather than me, uh, a thought that came to my mind when I was listening to Tanvir, I'll answer that question, why are that? Uh, both of them have spoken about how in the past few years there has been an obsession with certain headlines and frankly speaking, Arushi murder case was something when we were growing up and we saw all of those uh, over the past decade, how it unfolded and how the coverage was and how the coverage also kept changing, how the police version also kept changing. But. Uh, I was reminded when listening to Tanvir, I was reminded of something I was reading uh, some years ago on a rape and murder that happened the very same year in a place called Kheralanji. Uh, why is that? that? The sequence of events that were being reconstructed uh, for Arushi or the way Jessica Lal murder case was being portrayed. Why is that? I am not a supporter of reconstructing sequence of events of rape and murders. But why was that? There was, there was no interest. I mean it took a lot of days for people to come out on the streets to protest to even that case to come in public limelight. One of the major reasons for that is the question of caste. A caste atrocity, uh, even when it involves a brutal rape and murder, does not make for the kind of headlines that a case involving this sleaze and sex and all kinds of salacious stories does. Uh, so you would never see that. And what would happen, I mean, uh, as Professor Anand Tiltumde says, that a viewer in this age of 30, 35 channels, if you're showing Keralanji murder, would start feeling something about something like guilt or something about caste privilege and might just not want to feel guilty after a hard day's work and might just change the channel. So you don't want to lose viewership. You don't want to lose the money you can make here by the money that you'll not make here. Let's say a contemporary example. Uh, Sri Devi's death, how it was reported. Uh, so some deaths, sorry to say this, some deaths are more sexy than other deaths. I mean the deaths of manual scavengers every year, hundreds of deaths, you would never see that. Uh, and deaths of RTI activists. So I think you have hit the nail on the head in terms of how there has been certain ways in which uh, certain things have been portrayed and how there is free market, caste, everything coming together. One last thing I would say about uh, one thing Sunetra was saying in the beginning about media trials and how media trials can actually help push an investigation. And we all know how investigation and how our system works and the media has an important role to play there. Let's assume that we have the biggest danger for और मीडिया ने कुछ एक सेक्शन ऑफ मीडिया ने एक बहुत बड़ा काम किया है इस खतरे को उजागर करके तो आई थिंक उनको इस बात का कंसर्न होना चाहिए कि ढाई साल से चार्जशीट क्यों फाइल नहीं हुई मैं जो उस केस में एक अक्यूज्ड हूं मैं यहां से बोल रहा हूं कि मैं चाहता हूं चार्जशीट फाइल हो और कौन अक्यूज चाहेगा कि चार्जशीट फाइल हो मैं ये बोल रहा हूं चार्जशीट फाइल हो लेकिन वो कभी चाहेंगे नहीं चार्जशीट फाइल हो क्योंकि अगर चार्जशीट फाइल होगी तो द कोर्ट रूम दैट इज द स्टूडियो विल सीज टू बी द कोर्ट रूम and that is the courtroom that they want to be the courtroom because there is absolutely no accountability. You can say anything, you cannot take responsibility for it, you can change narratives, uh, people will forget it. Uh, whereas if it comes in the courtroom and evidence is examined, then And as for my Muslim identity, I mean, just one thing I would say, Kanaya Kumar two Pakistan, gaye hai, 800 call Gulf, or Anirban Bhattacharya, co-accused, two times Pakistan, Umar Khalid Dubar Pakistan I think that's it. I would like to, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, one part of that question was very interesting because uh, from the topic that we are, you know, uh, debating today is that, uh, that you know, uh, years ago when uh, I was in school, uh, uh, what is NDTV today, they started, it used to come in a video cassette called the News Track. So news track, you know, when we used to see it as uh, young students, it used to be very impressive. Why? Because it was based on investigative journalism. I still remember its uh, 
etched in my memory that news track uh, journalists went to a, a village called Paharia in Bihar and the cops had uh, gang raped women there and traveling to Paharia cost them about three to four blown tires. Now, there, there are no, no more Paharias anymore in this country. And you're right. The, uh, the strong sense of, you know, ground zero uh, investigative journalism to go down on the street and to find the brass tack facts is slowly dying. And what you have is a preconceived determined narrative that is set up in a TV channel by people who perhaps would have never gone for investigative journalism at all. I, they're well within their rights to do so, but it's up to us how you know we accept a narrative, how we reject it. I would say that you know, as even the uh, a person who may not be very literate, at the end of the day, the strong sense inside a person is to reject a Joseph Goebbelsian narrative and to accept something which is more rational. So uh, I would come to that point again that a lot of uh, this preconceived setting up of a narrative in TV channels is purely determined by economics. How much of money will it generate for us? Because all the channels at the end of the day are private companies. So the motive of profit is the essence. Okay. Hence, we, how we are going to consume it is therefore up to us. Yes, but not everywhere. Okay, next question. Good evening. Uh, I also go, I come from Delhi University and I say it with full conviction when Umar spoke. Then uh, in our WhatsApp groups, in the college groups and in all, you find messages, random messages like, Dwand kahan tak pala jaye, yud kahan tak tala jaye, tu maharana ka vanchaj hai, phek jahan tak bhala jaye. So my question to Umar is, is the media in India trying to ignore, uh, and I say it with full conviction, is the media trying to ignore the campaign of radicalization that is going on against upper caste Hindus by a specific ideology in the country? This, uh, you, it is very evident. You find a random message everywhere in a WhatsApp group where teachers are also, you know, a part of the group and they ignore it. And this, uh, they just, uh, send these messages and these messages just go ignored. No one speaks about that. I didn't get your question. Neither uh, did I. My question is that are the upper caste, group, uh, radicalization of upper caste Hindus, is it being ignored? It is being done in WhatsApp groups even in Delhi University. I think uh, WhatsApp is one medium uh, which is difficult to control and that's what makes it dangerous as well and that's what makes it opaque as well and that's what makes it good as well in terms of the fact that you can uh, have conversations there. Uh, but it depends on which user is put to at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, uh, the question was whether the media is ignoring this aspect. Whether the media is ignoring the radicalization of upper caste Hindus in India. Well, with honorable exceptions, media is ignoring most of the things that are happening in the country. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. uh, okay, next the question. Uh, my name is Deepika. I'm an independent journalist. My question is not to the panelists, but to you, Sunetra. Oh. Uh, Sir said a person is considered innocent until proven guilty, but there are a lot of legal cases which come into the media limelight today. The person is branded as guilty, his entire defamation done. My question is when the actual verdict of the court comes, when the accusation is made, there is so much of limelight on the case, but when the person has actually got his innocence or won his innocence on the basis of evidence. Why is media so reluctant? Can to you give me an instance of when it wasn't? Uh, there are so many cases, Sunetra. There are people who are, who are uh, acquitted by the court. There is, well, I get accused of bringing well, this case. Well, when the Talwars okay, were acquitted. All right, I, I, I get uh, bringing up this case all the time. I get accused, but I will still highlight that case because that happened in that case. So in the Rothak sisters case, right. the entire media for weeks was in that case but when the actual court verdict came nobody went back to the story so my question is is going back to the story difficult or it doesn't get trp or is it about something else or an interest of the read viewers 
What is no, it? No, I think really that's a fair it? question. The Rothak sisters one. Yeah. But I can and, just and, tell and you also one thing, Sunitra. Yeah. Media, and I'm a part of the media as well. We hold the society responsible for a lot of things, but who holds the media responsible when it goes wrong? You do. You do, right? And that that's what it comes that's what I started out with saying that it's right now the best thing that's happening is because of social media we all our mistakes get highlighted like this when i was in the indian express people would you know we'd make a mistake and a week later a small little item in page 3 would come out right now we go on air someone makes a mistake and it you cannot hide from it i'm telling you you cannot hide from it so that's one there's immediate accountability and they're shaming and believe me once a journalist loses their accountability you know it's gone so there might be people who because they spend a lot of money on marketing people will still watch their channels but believe me if a reporter loses their credibility people will always say oh you're the reporter who gave breaking news on this part which was wrong okay so that's one thing and the second thing is i know I think you are accusing some channels who went overboard with that particular story, then they didn't give enough attention to it. I think people like NDTV, they did the story, and when it came out, yes, then it's not that shocking a story, then you carry it, but you're right. But you know what, then again, I think because of the kind of, you know, there's kind of like in social media, there's so much democracy now that other people, other groups, they find other ways to use social media to highlight that, and then it does get but you're right uh, that you know all all media channels are unfair when they do that it's just because I mean you know they would I, have I, that. I you know since your question is so pertinent you know this accountability something is you know which hits us as the lawyers community very hard I must tell you something that you know holding somebody accountable for a wrong say you know media going berserk somebody else going berserk and hitting somebody's reputation so hard. You know, in, in our Indian scenario, we not like, you know, the developed countries like England or where, you know, the journalists know where to stop because next day in about three days, there will be a defamation suit. And then, you know, when the court passes a verdict, the first thing you will have to pay is the other man's legal costs. The compensation will come later. But here, you know, it's another thing. Although the, it has no, started now. No, no, I'll tell you. I, I've personally done it. You know, years yeah. back, I, I'll name, you know, Rahul Kamal, who's now, you know, a very, very successful anchor. Uh, you know, he, somebody gave him a CD and he went, uh, you know, berserk on, called a sitting brigadier of Indian Army a, as Lutera Brigadier something and, you know, put him in the uniform. That resulted in we filing a criminal defamation against Rahul and the company as well. He got summoned by a criminal court. They had to face a criminal trial. They filed a petition in high court, which was dismissed. They went to Supreme Court. In Supreme Court, it remained pending for about three years. Last year, you know, it came up before some bench and they said that, look, we're dismissing. Now you face the trial. Then they said, sir, we want to apologize. So then, you know, they wanted to negotiate on the apology that we will not apologize on prime time, but we'll apologize at 6 a.m. in the morning when everybody's sleeping. So I said, nothing doing. Since you defamed my client on prime time, you know, and you showed him, you know, in a regular army uniform, and he could not become a major general for that. He was also docked of two years of service. And therefore, you have to apologize on prime time. And then they apologized. But, you know, Taking a litigative course of action to hold somebody accountable, particularly in media, is extremely difficult because law there is weak. And media companies know it. They also have lawyers like us advising them, you know, at the end of the day. So accountability is something which can be enforced. But the problem is, are you willing to self-regulate? I see lots of hands up, but we're totally out of time. So thank you maybe so you can, much. Yeah. Hi, I'm Sukriti, and this is um, in general to all of you, but mostly to um, you, sir, Umar um, Khalil. I really want to know how you think social media has changed the playing field for media on trials, apart from adding fuel to the fire. 
don't you think it also gives you the right to you know put your opinion out there and get the traction it needs so how do you think it has changed this uh, media trial scenario i think that's a hugely positive development uh, uh, for all its ills, I'm a big supporter of social media and I am actually scared that there may be attempts to regulate it and I would oppose if there are any attempts to regulate it. I think if you're going to go the, beyond the mere symptomatic of what ails the media today, uh, yes, when this Cobra Post investigations came out, let's not go get into arguments of whether sting operations are correct or not. But the point is, unless and until, I mean, people working in TV news channels would know uh, how much money it requires to be on air what all goes into getting licenses for a news channel. So it's not anyone's star, any, it's not easy to, for you to get a, news, uh, uh, a new, news channel license. It's not easy for you to get the funding for a news channel. So there is an unequal equation there. And the problem happens when a news anchor who can muster up so much of resources comes and says, I am the voice of the nation. I mean, there cannot be one voice of the nation in a country of 130 crore people. We did not elect the news anchor. We cannot hold him accountable by any stretch of imagination. He has an opinion. He can express his opinion. And that opinion needs to can be contested. There should be multiple voices. And I think social media has ensured that there are multiple voices. Had there been no social media, I think we would have had a very tough time. Because, I mean, the YouTube videos that we put out uh, in the beginning, 12th Feb, 13th Feb, 14th Feb, 2016, those were very miserable days. Had we not had that stand with JNU YouTube channel, would have been very difficult to put things out. The kind of mobbed pictures, mobbed videos that they were putting out, we could counter each one of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why till today they don't have a charge sheet. Because they know the moment they have a charge sheet, the trial will begin and things would come out. So I think uh, social media is a hugely positive development. The very fact, the very nature of its, uh, uh, its democratic, you and I, both of us can have a YouTube channel, you and I cannot have a news channel. So I. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm reminded of some episodes of Black Mirror, uh, but uh, what even social media, you know, is controlled by IT cells. So that also, I mean, monopoly, uh, sorry, the control is still centralized, but it's in relative terms, it's more difficult to control. How it gives you voice to at least, you know, you have your story, you can tell your part. If uh, the mainstream media is not telling your story, at least I can tell what I have done, you know. So, um, social media is a double-edged sword, you know. So, it works both ways. One last point that, uh, I mean, uh, web po news portals like News Laundry, many others, they are doing a remarkable job. Once again, goes to show that when the cost of infrastructure is not so huge, uh, that only a few interest groups will control it, results can be remarkable. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.